0: you protect what you love hunting is a life not a lifestyle it's a life man.
1: as hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation providing for ourselves all the things you and i understand
0: i think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible
1: you know as i get older i appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience
0: so welcome to the speak the language podcast today we have michael Huntsucker from heartland bow hunter on the show uh michael one thank you for being on the show and two i'm not gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and cut straight to the point of the thing i want to talk to first and foremost is i watched that brown bear hunt episode of y'all's that you put out and holy smokes dude that was one of the coolest hunting episodes i've ever seen ever
1: <laughs> well thank you man i appreciate you having me on and uh yeah it was uh, quite quite the experience i'm finally you know excited to to have that episode be done and and out out on the and to the public because we've yeah, been been working on it for a long time
0: yeah I, i'm glad y'all uh made it an hour long too i don't think you could have gotten across you know the whole story like you wanted to if you hadn't have done a full ep- you know a episode of that length
1: yeah that's kind of what we were discussing you know we wanted to make it a an hour long special and we kind of around some ideas and um, the network was like, well, you could just make it like a two-part series, you know, have the first part one week, the second part of the next week. But I didn't really want to break it up either. Yeah. Um, and we had to, we had to break it up for for some of our other air air, air times, but our prime, you know, hour-long special airtime was uh, was last week, and uh, yeah, it kind of turned out great. We got a lot of good response from it. It was definitely, you know, a trip of a lifetime for me, and so um, something that I'd never done before too. You know, I knew I'd always wanted to do it, so it was kind of good you know, coming in with a blank slate so I could really, you know, kind of get the full end on experience and, and really tell that story from a, from a uh, unbiased perspective.
0: Yeah, dude, absolutely. Like, like one thing I took away from it is um, that you didn't shoot the, you didn't shoot the bear until like day 12, right?
1: Yeah, the twelfth 12 of the hunt, yeah.
0: So like how much did that like wear on your, I guess, mental toughness game to, to just, be out there for 12 days before you got anything did you ever like start worrying or did it just start to get monotonous at any point
1: yeah it was interesting you know we get out there and start to hunt and everything's fresh and new and exciting and uh we had a encounter with a huge bear on the very first day and almost got a shot at him and uh you know our confidence was an all time high We're like all right like this is, this is how it's gonna be like no problem and then uh we quickly realized that that wasn't the norm. That wasn't the reality. You know, we got lucky and had that encounter with the with the bear on the first day. And then um, the days are long, really, really long days. And so um, you're looking at, you know, I think it was, I think about 14 hours of daylight. No, I'm sorry, 17 hours of daylight. Wow. Something like that. And so um, long, long days of glassing and sitting in the same spot doing nothing. So like it started off, um, you know, the days are kind of. Uh, long and, and slow, and then it got to a point where it just started to fly by. Like you got, you got used to doing the same thing every day, and they like, they started like, I remember about like day eight or all well, of a sudden nine, ten, eleven, and they're just ticking by. And you, it's a fifteen day tag. It's like, the tag only good for fifteen days. So, oh wow. Towards the end of that one, I was yeah starting to starting to sweat a little bit, and, and you know it was kind of you weird. Know, it's, it's different than normal hunts because a lot of spot and stalk type hunts or even whitetail hunts or elk hunts, you know, it comes a point in time when it gets down to the wire. you can change your strategy and get aggressive and, and really make things happen if you want to.
0: Um,
1: but with brown bear hunting, it's not like that. Like it's just, they're, they have such a strong sense of smell that you don't mess around, like just trekking around trying to find one. I mean, they're huge animals They cover mile and mile at a time. Um, and so more or less, you just, have to be patient that was the hardest thing to accept is like okay you know nothing we could do here besides sit here you know be patient and have faith that something's gonna come come over that mountain
0: yeah dude that would i could see because it seemed like you know watching the show it seemed like y'all did so much glassing like it was just a lot of get to a point where you can see and then just glass you know was that you know it seemed like it to be just a like a huge part of the strategy
1: yeah, that was it. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't get to a point. It was get to a V point. The, the same exact spot that we sat every single day for 12 days, basically. Wow. Um, there, there was a couple days where we we ventured off a little. You know, uh, you know, I'd say a mile, you know, half mile or a mile in one direction to look up another valley, look up a different direction, just to switch things up. And we weren't seeing the big mature boars. Right. Um. So there was a couple days where we did venture away away from that glassing now but most of the time was spent in the same exact spot on that glassing now you
0: know the a patience game for sure yeah yeah like the only thing i can compare it to and it doesn't even come close because it didn't it wasn't 12 days long is um the first time that i uh went and filmed a sheep hunt with brad you know i didn't know what to expect and i was thinking you know like you were saying everything else you kind of just you know it seems like the other kinds of huntings that we do there's a lot of like go and do kind of actions whereas like sheep hunting was kind of the same thing like you hiked and you hiked and then you got to a point and you sat there and you glassed and that's all there was to it and it just got you know i guess from doing all the other kinds of hunting that that i do or, or the kinds of hunting that y'all do there's just so much you it like itches you inside because you feel like you just want to get up and try to make something happen when you just can't do it but uh um so the the guy that y'all went with um cole i'm, I'm assuming that was an area that he knew like very very well
1: yeah, absolutely. So they uh, the Outfitters in Alaska, um, the only way you can hunt brown bear as a non-resident is with an Outfitter. And the Outfitters have guide units. And so Cole's been guiding on this unit for I don't even know how many years they've had it, a long time. And so they know the unit really well. Um, they know the area really well. And, you know, typically he's doing most of his uh, – I'm pretty sure he does uh, all of his spring camps out of the same exact area, same spot. So um I think they 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 have a different location they use in the fall but um just 'cause just because the bears are doing different things but um but yeah they he, he knew the area really really well and um you know that, that really helps when it comes to knowing the vantage points to sit to where you know where the, you can see the most bears and where the bears frequent and uh, what they do most of the time. But this one was a really little unique uh because the bears usually that time of year are pretty lethargic, like just coming out of hibernation um, and aren't cruising, doing doing a whole lot. They're usually up to high. Right. And uh, last spring, uh, or I guess late winter, they had a really, really bad winter kill. Uh-huh. And so there was a bunch of dead deer, mainly bucks, shed bucks, that um, had, I guess, you know been run down from the, the rut. Right. And just weren't quite able to recoup things when the winter came came around they they died and so instead of these bears being up high um they were a lot of most of them were down low just rummaging through the bottoms looking
0: for deer carcass hopping from deer carcass to deer carcass and speeding off it wow
1: so it's a little bit different than normal
0: yeah yeah um so like these bears you know how, like would you see would you pretty much get you know get sight of a bear you know every day of those twelve days? Not necessarily one you would try to shoot, but were you at least seeing some type of bear every day y'all were out? Yeah, I
1: would say I think probably on average we'd probably see three to four bears a day. Right. Um, it's funny because you think I mean these animals I mean they're huge and so you think you know you'd be real really easy to spot them, but we're covering like you know four miles in all directions that we're looking, and so. Um, You know, it's it's not like it's not like you're looking over the same little valley for 14 hours, kind of just waiting. Like you can't see them with your naked eye most of the time, unless they're close. Right. You know, and so it's a lot of like you know serious glassing on a tripod, like scanning the hillsides, scanning the mountain, like
0: you
1: know checking areas over. Like you know, I would check one. I'd like kind of had everything sectioned out by the end of the trip. It's funny, we kind of had a routine, but you know, I would check one section at a time, and I would scan from top to bottom, and then move on to the next one, and scan from top to bottom. And that's me, uh, Cole, um, then our assistant guide Ryan. Um so us three of us basically glassing nonstop, and then I had two, uh a camera guy and a and a photographer with me both that were, you know, basically they're like, Okay, I've got what I need, I like I can glass now. Like so they were glassing too. So we had like basically five guys <laughs> glassing, you know, most of the time. So lots of lots of eyeballs.
0: Golly man. Um so one other, like, skip ahead to kind of towards the actual when you got on the bear that you shot. One of the things that interested me because you know I knew little to nothing about that kind of hunting until I watched this episode. I had no clue that they called the bears in like they did. It was almost like it was almost like predator hunting, right? Like, were they trying to make like like right. distress sounds? Yeah, exactly. So
1: that's how. Yeah, that's how. Um, that's how you have to hunt them in the spring with a bow. That's pretty much how you have to hunt them. I mean, with a gun, you can spot them. Right. you know sneak within gun range and shoot them but um yeah with the bow yeah we're just uh basically trying to get within earshot with the wind in our favor and then catch their attention and, and uh, get them to, to, to come to a call it's like a, it's like a fawn and distress call a predator call like you said so um yeah and it, and it works really really well and uh, the bear i actually killed um you know we actually snuck up on him and he by the time we got set up on him um He'd bedded down, I guess, in and the in and the Alder this Alder thicket, um, because we had got like we'd got like 150 yards and called and nothing. We called for like 10 minutes, nothing happened. So we moved up to where we last saw him and got to like 60 yards from the edge of this Alder thicket where we last saw him. Um, started calling, called for 10 minutes, nothing, and we we're like, man, he must have like snuck out the backside of that Alder thicket and we didn't see him leave, and. Cole was like, I could try, you know, roaring at him like another boar, and a lot of times that'll that'll get their attention, and, and they'll be real territorial towards that. And so he's like, you know, I could try that. He's like, but my fear is if we, if, if he's not the dominant boar in the area, or if he's not a, a, a real dominant boar, it may push him the other way, it may spook.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: said, well, what do we have to lose? You know, it's day 12, and and we called for 10 minutes for the predator call. He's not coming, so I don't think he's going to come if he's still there. So Cole, Cole started roaring, and like literally seconds after he started did that first roar i heard the branches snap and he as he stood up and uh i was like oh i could see movement in the bushes i'm like oh here he comes i mean he was crazy how how close we actually were uh to him when we when we got set up it was almost like too close but we had to be in that specific spot because because of the cover so
0: right how how close do you think you were give or take we were six we were sixty
1: yards from the edge of the, of the of the of the alder bushes and he was uh I mean the bear was probably I don't know ten, fifteen yards in Oh, wow. He was in seventy five yards. Wow. Yeah.
0: So man, like yeah, didn't we you were
1: setting up and making noise.
0: Yeah. Uh so didn't you say you were like he was like ten yards when you shot him?
1: He was twelve, yeah. He shot him at twelve yards, yeah.
0: So like i'm just trying to run this through my head because i like i know i've seen videos of bears like that you know I, just, I watched that episode i can you know i can't firsthand say i know how huge they look but like what goes through your head when an animal that big that you know i mean that i mean that's a that's a monster man i mean that thing could like le- like legitimately not exaggerating. he could kill all like all of you like what like what what goes through your head when an animal like that is coming towards you and gets 12 yards away?
1: Yeah. Uh, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, so I will say Cole had a, Cole has a gun
0: yeah, on him, obviously.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of comfort there. But, I mean, 12 yards, it doesn't matter, really. I mean, he could have shot him and it, it wouldn't have mattered. So, um, but the, the weird thing was, it's like you don't get – like, I didn't get nervous. So I didn't get, like, scared or – it was just like I like was in the zone like i went into this mode of like almost like a survival kind of mode or something where it's like you know you kind of know that uh, it's up to you to make the you know, make this happen and don't screw it up you know
0: right um, yeah. it
1: got it got, it got serious really quick. you know we're watching the bear come in and you know he gets to about 30 and he's coming and he's, he's heading right like he's gonna walk right by us broadside like 15 20 yards we're like, oh this is perfect. And he gets to about twenty-five yards, walks past the bush, and when he walks past, like he sees us. in the in the we are tucked into all the bushes. And bears don't have brown bears don't have real great vision. They're real hyper focused with what's going on, like right in front of their face and their nose and their paws, and you know they're always staring right in front of them. Right. Um, so they don't have great vision. So he didn't know obviously we were humans or anything, but he Just saw something that he was curious about. So instead of like continuing on his path to go over outside, and he takes a step forward, and the first thing in my head, I'm like, well, crap. I mean, you can't. It's almost impossible to make an ethical shot on a brown bear on a brown bear facing you, um, just because they, uh, the their head is just so huge that it blocks their vitals. And there's really no way. So I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm not taking a head-on shot. Like, you know, you, on these on these kind of hunts too, you don't want to obviously make a poor shot and wound the bear. Right. Uh, yeah. that, that could be the the worst worst case scenario. So. Uh, all that's going through my head, and I'm just kind of like in the zone. All of a sudden, when he when he finally closed the distance to 12 yards, he steps up on those front paws there and exposes his whole chest, and gave me an opportunity to shoot. And and, and Cole says shoot him, and I'm like, all right. And like I'm going through, the- I'm like looking through my peep sight and down my through my sight, and all I can see is brown fur. I had literally had to pick my head off of my off of my stream, and like double check to make sure I was pointed in the right direction because it was so he was so close. I couldn't pick a spot.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask and, you, uh, man. It was how, like, was how <laughs> how did you tell that you were pointing in the right spot, not just seeing big brown fur? That had to have been tough.
1: Yeah, it was extremely tough. And so I double checked. I looked my head, double checked. I was pointing, you know, somewhat in the right direction. You know, 12 yards, it's, you know, it'd be hard to miss, but I actually did hit further right than I had hoped. Uh, I was aiming for kind of basically the center of his chest, and I, and I hit him kind of in the right side of the chest, but it was a perfect shot. It went right through his heart. And it actually hit his shoulder blade and kicked off of his shoulder blade and came out of the opposite hind quarter. Oh, wow. So, full pass through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How, uh... Yeah,
1: so it was, uh, crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I can't even imagine. Like, if I, I think if I ever did anything so that, like, I'd have to be shaking the adrenaline out of my fingers. Like, I'm just, like, I can't even fathom an animal that big being that close. That's nuts.
1: Yeah, it was more it was more of an after the fact thing. Like the the adrenaline really started flown afterwards. Was like like I said, during the moment it was almost like a weird eerie calm like in the zone moment. I don't know, it was weird.
0: Yeah, I understand. I, yeah, I know what you mean. I not in terms of not in terms of uh with an animal that is dangerous as that as a bear like that, but in terms of uh you know, being able to keep it together, and then you shoot, and then just have a big adrenaline dump right after the shot. I know, I know what that feels like. But uh, um, what was your uh, what was your arrow setup for you know for shooting at a, at a animal that big? Did you you know shoot something heavier than what you normally shoot, like at whitetails or, or stuff like that?
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was shooting a super super heavy arrow, 125 grain broadhead with 100 grain uh, brass insert up front um so really really heavy arrow i can't remember exactly how many grains it was um i want to say oh, i can't remember off the top of my head but uh really heavy weight heavy arrow and a lot of a lot of weight forward um just it really helps for the penetration so almost similar to what you'd shoot for like a recurve style kind of setup you know and that's one thing that you know i set up i i set up my bow like specifically for this hunt like started from scratch and I uh, was shooting a heavy, little heavier bow, like 74, 75 pounds, and heavier arrow. And I got everything tuned, and um, you know, made sure the the broadheads were flying through. And uh, Cole was like, you know, get get dialed in, but the, the most important thing is the weight for the penetration and the, and the, the power. Um, he's like, but, he's like, don't get hung up on you know perfection at 60 yards and 70 yards, because he knows how I am. That's how when I start messing with my archery stuff, like I want to be dialed in, I want to be shooting perfect, you know, long range. Like most of our shots on, on bears with a bow are 15 to 25 yards, so don't be worried about that. And I was like, well, I can't not worry about it. So <laughs> I literally had a dial in and had the bow tuned, but perfectly shooting bullets at, you know, 60, 70 yards with the fixed blade heads, no problem. So Yeah, I understand I was, uh, that, yeah. I wasn't second guessing anything. Yeah. anything on the gear side of things.
0: Yeah, what, what kind of broadhead were you shooting?
1: A hey, uh, NAP Hellraiser. Okay. So it's a Three, it's a fixed blade uh solid one solid piece steel yeah. the yeah and uh,
0: what what arrow was it did you oh, you may have said that already and i just missed it
1: it was a uh it was a gold tip um uh velocity so the yeah uh lighter the lighter arrow so i, I shot a li- lighter shaft but a heavy and i had it all the way up front
0: yeah oh, what spine I was it
1: to get my my f o c it was a three hundred
0: yeah okay that's right that's what right. three hundred yeah. um Will shoots um, velocities, I think, but uh, yeah, I figured it was gotcha. a 300 spine or whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, it was uh, like, and as far as, and which y'all always do a good job at this, but as far as just the storytelling and how y'all laid all that out in the show was just, I mean, impeccable. I mean, y'all did it perfect, like like you always do. Um, how like like how did that take longer? You know, did you, I mean how much extra time did y'all put into that episode i mean or did y'all put any extra time into that episode then y'all do a regular one just because it was so out of the norm than what y'all normally do
1: yeah i definitely got some extra attention just because you know it was an hour-long special and there was a lot of content and a lot of footage and we wanted to make sure we laid it out there and really told the story the best we can and one of the difficult things is while you know there was a lot going on and a lot happened it was basically over the course of two weeks between you know travel and the hunting and everything that we wanted to incorporate everything, but at the same time we didn't want it to be too slow because there wasn't really a whole lot going on. You know, like I said, we were spending so many hours a day glassing that, um, you know, basically it was a sit and wait game until we saw the right board. So um, we did have the encounter day one, um, but we didn't have any other. You know, I didn't have a deer tag. I wasn't you know, hunting anything else, shooting anything out And so that was the the main thing we wanted to make sure it flowed properly and and uh, really depicted depicted what the hunt was like.
0: Yeah, well, I th- I think y'all did it the right way. I don't think it, I don't think it dragged at all. And I honestly think if y'all would have thrown in, you know, like a deer or something, I think that would have kind of taken away from the focus that y'all did. I mean, I think, I don't think right. y'all could have done better. I mean, and you know, it was, it told the story, but it didn't drag. I mean, it, it like kept my attention completely all the way through it. I mean, it was, it was very, very well put together, which I mean, I've been I've been fans of of you guys and how y'all put shows together and tell a story. You know, long before even I worked at Primos, I've been I've been watching y'all for a while. um Which make well, me I appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's uh, kind of brings me to the next question I wanted to ask you. So, you know, one of the things that that y'all are known for is having such a high quality production show. And when y'all started Heartland Bowhunter, you know, way back when. Was that kind of what y'all intended from the get go? Did y'all always intend to have this real, real, you know, just well put together, you know, cinematography type show?
1: Yeah, that was absolutely our intention starting out. That, that was kind of our, we saw that opportunity in the hunting industry and, and decided to run with it. I mean, nobody was really telling stories and, and really showing everything that goes in behind the hunt, being that we obviously are, you know, bow hunt 99% of the time, we're, we're bow hunting. Uh, there's just a lot more to work and stuff that goes into it, and at that time, I mean, hunting TV and hunting videos were just basically rock and roll music and highlight, you know, reels of kill shots. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was a we saw an opportunity and decided to to run with it, and uh, it ended up, you know, taken taken, and and uh, it's been a pretty wild ride. I, I don't think, you know, we when we got started, it wasn't our, you know, I, when I got started filming hunts, at least, you know, way back in the day, it was never my intention to to have a TV show or to, uh, even produce hunts for, you know, for anybody or anything. It was more or less just to share with friends and family. And, um, honestly, you know, I got a lot of my, you know, inspiration and stuff from like, you know, Will and Jimmy and the guys and and
0: Brad
1: and Chris and all you know, all those guys. I mean, that that was, you know, I I grew up going to hunting camp and watching, you know, Primo's DVDs and and watching monster bucks and watching, you know, the the, the few that were out there and yeah, uh, I, def- I definitely, you know, looked up to those guys from a hunting perspective, but I never really t- had the uh, anticipation of being a uh, of, of being in front of the camera and actually producing a show by any means, but uh, I guess one thing led to another and <laughs> here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I mean, like I said I mean, y'all do I mean, y'all do a fantastic job always have, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, man, like again, like long before I worked here, I was, I grew up on primo's truth i was watching them back you know i'm sure you were too when i first started watching they were still on vhs you know (laughs) the old vcr days
1: oh yeah man i I remember my uh i remember down at uh, at one of our deer camps we uh had a pretty pretty redneck you know low 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 uh low budget deer camp you know i remember one of the years we had a had a uh, tv with a vcr built into it i remember those were kind of a big deal at the time and uh had it hooked up to a power inverter watching watching hunting videos and uh sitting on the lawn chairs in front of the front of the truck. So
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Was that entertainment for the evening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my old deer camp experiences sound very, very similar. Very, very similar. Um So what y'all what do you have uh planned for the fall, man? Are y'all doing any elk stuff again?
1: Uh, actually yeah, we uh I drew a Montana elk tag, so I'm excited about that. Sean nice. also drew uh, a Montana elk tag. And he drew a New Mexico tag as well, so Ooh. um yeah, so Sean's gonna gonna have a busy a busy spring or busy fall, early fall, chasing chasing Alton. Um, uh I was excited to draw an elk tag because I didn't I didn't get the Elk hunt last year, so yeah. Um and then Skyler's dad Skyler's dad is an Arizona resident, he drew uh one of the primo units, I think I wanna say unit ten, uh like a God. you know, a tag of a lifetime. Yeah, so. that's
0: the promised land for Elk.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, There should be some
0: pretty pretty, uh, pretty cool outcomes coming up. Yeah, man, especially, like, I I don't know what the summer's like where you are, but, like, down here, it's like we go through this phase, like, turkey season ends, and we kind of, like, kind of take a sigh of relief because we're so tired from traveling, and then, like, a few weeks when it gets, like, this time of year, when it gets so hot that you can't walk outside It 7 a.m. in the morning and not start sweating, we're like, okay, it's time for summer to end. It's time to do something, get out west and chase some elk or something. So, very excited yeah. for fall. So sick of
1: the heat right now, man. It's like 98 degrees right now here in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Heating next of 106. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's miserable, man. It's, it's just a, nasty, nasty. Yeah, that's why I sit there. Like we get there in the office and we have downtime. We'll look and we'll be watching footage from the year before from elk hunting and we just sit there and dream about it like man only another Mm -hmm. couple months and we'll be back out there (laughs) you know what i mean
1: yeah i'm just praying for rain here man it's dry 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 so yeah chance uh a couple chances this this weekend so i'm hoping those will pan
0: out yeah well man if i had the ability i would let you borrow some of ours because it seemed like here lately in these past couple weeks we can't get a break from rain really yeah Yeah, which I, I don't the Midwest
1: the Midwest is in major drought.
0: Yeah. When do you uh when I'm do you a, usually a little
1: bit of, a little I, I was just having a little bit of afraid of uh EHD creeping around again.
0: After, oh gosh. After the Dude, um I was uh interning for uh Midwest Whitetail. Went during uh two thousand and twelve I think it was. When that the okay, big that was the year, yeah. Yeah, that the was big good. wave of E. H. D. hit. Yep. And uh, we we were doing a bunch of hunting on public land, and all that EHD came through, and um, we were like, you know, I knew nothing about EHD, you know, at the time. And I was like, what EHD? I didn't even know what it was. And so they kind of explained to me, you know, what was going on, but then they, they said, you know, this is kind of a big, you know, a big year for, you know, it, it's a hard hit of it, you know? And we would go, and we would yeah. walk, we would walk creeks on public land, and we found, like, so many dead bucks it was nuts, like it was sad, man. Mm-hmm. How many dead deer you would find, yeah. and uh we yeah. t- I still talk to some of those guys you know or people that up in that area, and some some people are saying they still haven't like fully recuperated, they don't think from the hit they took from all that year,
1: yeah, I mean if you think about it, you know two thousand and twelve wipes out you know majority of your bucks um it's gonna take another you know five years to get you know a handful of four year old bucks yeah. So, here we, here we are, 2018, um, and we're just now. I mean, the last year was was pretty good for us um, on, our, on our farm, um, as far as age structure and age class. But this year should be the full rebound year. Should be. Yeah. Uh, should be this year, assuming nothing else happens. So that's was. Yeah. One of those deals. You, just, you know, you can't worry. You can't. Can't do nothing about it. But uh, sit and worry and hope, hope it doesn't happen. The
0: the craziest thing that happened by far is um uh bill had this deer on camera that was the year that he killed uh that double g4 buck that one that scored over 200 but then he had he had another deer on camera that he called uh i forget what he called him but anyhow he was another deer that he he said would go over 200 inches and he stopped seeing him on camera and everything and he said i'm gonna go walk a creek and he found that deer dead in the creek from dhd it was it, yeah like that just this ginormous deer and eh the they took him it was it was it was bad it was really bad
1: yeah
0: yeah it was a bad deal yeah but anyhow man uh yeah dude so uh one thing you know i i you know, bring back I, I can't ever i know it's the summertime but i still can bring back turkey hunting a little bit i remember i messaged <laughs> you towards the end of, uh it was towards the end of missouri turkey season because uh you uh ended up having to break that, break out the shotgun. Wasn't that uh Yeah. <laughs> which I you know, I don't fault you. I was toting a shotgun all season, but uh y'all said y'all had a weird season, huh?
1: Yeah, man, it was it was unbelievable. I've only experienced this one other one other time before and that was I think in two thousand and nine or something like that. And um I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if it was the late spring. Um, that threw off the breeding cycles, or that if the I don't know what it was, but the turkeys in our area were acting absolutely ridiculous like they were the most decoy shy, crazy acting birds I've ever seen in my life. And, um, you know, we have typically we have you know, most years we have no problem killing you know, tons of turkeys with bows. right? It's like we we got down, we got down to science, and, um, you know. I don't know what it was this year. It was just insane. Like, the birds would literally see the decoy and, would like, go the other way.
0: And yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, it didn't matter what decoys. We tried the Jake, the Strutter. We tried just hens. We tried. We got we have Dave Smith decoys on motion stakes that, like, spin and rotate. Yeah. And so, it's, like, it's not like we're using an old crappy, you know, Walmart fold-out decoy. <laughs> um, you know, and so, um, you know, we, we're using really good decoys really good decoys, and there was just something about it it was crazy i mean the only place i hunted this year that i had that we had good luck was like western kansas um uh, once we got out west hunting you know some rios we, killed, we yeah. killed a bunch in one week there out there but uh anywhere like eastern kansas from you know eastern kansas to you know northern missouri just the same thing no matter what we did it was unbelievable i had so many hunts like perfect on the on the roofs, like right, you know, where they're gonna land and they land and like see the decoys and walk the other way into the woods and so it was crazy. I, I I don't have an explanation for it. I wish I wish somebody knew more than, than I do about the turkey stuff and the breeding since I go and I don't know. I wish somebody could explain it to me but it was it was crazy. Yeah. And I mean we have we have tons and tons and tons of different properties that we're hunting. All that are really, really solid properties. I did kill one. I killed one of Missouri with a bow. Um like the third second or third day of season that came out and literally, like, refused to come in the decoys until I called all of his hens in. <laughs> and then he came and stayed just on the other side of his hens. So he still didn't come into the decoys. I shot him at 30 yards. Uh, but uh, other than that, man, we, we didn't have, have any luck. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, in times like that, you just have to break out the equalizer and go with the boomstick. There's no shame in it. You just gotta... That's right. <laughs> That's right. You just got to do it from time to time. Yeah, uh man, oh, yeah. Uh, it's and, I, and,
1: we, and we had to we had to sneak those birds. Like we had to sneak up on them, you know,
0: down
1: the ditch <laughs> and, and shoot them. Like we could, they we couldn't even call them in or nothing. So it's
0: like, come on, <laughs> dude. Everywhere we yeah, traveled this we year, got even. It, yeah. Well, you got to sometimes. They, I mean, you know, you got to get even in whichever way you can. But uh, everywhere, yeah. everywhere that we traveled this year, with the exception of um, Pennsylvania, everywhere else we traveled this year it was a weird year like you were talking about. We just, we were able to scratch out a few, which we had, you know, we were, had longer range than y'all did because we were shotgun, shotgun hunting the whole time, but we were struggling. I mean, it was not, we, yeah. you know, we were having to work harder than we were used to having to work. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what it was either, but I'm definitely, we were on in the same, we were in the same game as y'all were in terms of that. It was, it was tough for sure.
1: It's funny, you know. If it's like a, if like a deer fools you, and you're you're playing cat and mouse with deer, and you know you got to bust your bust your tail to figure something. That you know, work hard or do something different, whatever. It's all it's all worth it. But for turkeys, it's like, all right, like, come on now. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: not trying to. I'm not trying to. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to spend all my season chasing this one stubborn turkey. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you know? it, yeah. And it can get so, under your skin too. It's funny. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Well, look, dude, man, I'm not gonna hold you any longer. I know you got some other stuff that you need to tend to and all that. But, uh, man, thank you for coming on. And, uh, guys, if y'all are listening, you definitely need to uh, you need to go to uh, my. I think I saw it on your Instagram pages. Do you have that the a shot of the bear on your page or is it on Heartland's page? You need to go to both of them. Yeah,
1: it's on both. Yeah, I think it's on it's on the HB page and it's on it's on my page as well. And uh, the episode aired in the last whatever the first week of uh july there but it'll air again the first week of uh fourth quarter so yeah um yeah october the first week of october will be uh it'll be airing again and also eventually it'll be available on iTunes as well
0: awesome yeah so set your dvrs because i mean i'm telling you like I, i was like on the edge of my seat when that bear came running in that close i was like oh my goodness but it's serious. Y- y'all need to watch it it's incredible incredible show um so yeah michael thank you for coming on man i appreciate it hey i appreciate you
1: having me man yeah always enjoy catching
0: up. absolutely man so uh, guys we're going to sign off for now as always if you have any questions on anything we talked about today send it into the email the instagram the facebook whatever you need to do and as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast